Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Da da done. That's easy. Let me get that. Vex, are you nervous, man? It's okay to be nervous, bro. No, I didn't try not to cough real loud in the mic. Oh. <laughs> hey, man, whatever happens, happens. Uh, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll make a note at the beginning of the episode and say, hey, if you guys hear any, like, abnormal noises, it's all Vex. Yeah, uh, yeah go spam his channel. Um, go harass him. It's yeah, his fault. it's his fault. I'm it's not right. taking it's blame. My, it's just my lung trying to escape my body. It's cool. uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah um well welcome guys to the the episode i am joined by two fellow content creators uh control freak uh what's and, up everybody yes there you go that's i should have did it that way you you, <laughs> you guys on gaming casual have like a really nice introduction and uh i gotta take better notes um <laughs> but you hey you've got good pacing with your voice Such i'm trying to do it like a uh one of those radio salesmen with the legal <laughs> bits at the end yeah 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 oh man well i mean it it works but i i got you i got you i got you shout out to sedge he can't be here tonight um he's at a birthday party thing so hope he's having a good time man we'll, we'll get him on next uh next time we get everybody together and then i'm, I'm also joined with uh vex I just call you Vex, man. Is that cool? It's all good. It's it's, it's all good. Hello, everyone. Hey, Mm -hmm. there we go. So uh, these guys are going to be a part of the episode tonight. We're just going to kick it, uh, talk about video games, uh, whatever comes to mind. Uh, But we're going to probably start there because these two guys, uh, they stream on Twitch. I know Control's part of Gaming Casual Podcast, and they have an episode that comes out every week. Uh, and they talk about, well, what do you think? Video games. And they talk about it pretty casually and they go in depth. These guys are very passionate about video games. And Vex, I've met him through uh, streaming on Twitch. He streams on Twitch and uh, he's an excellent dude. Uh, I, I've grown to really appreciate his his calmness. In, is, do you guys hear his voice right now? Like if you hear Vex talk, mm. it's like professional voice actor quality. I mean, control... You're right there. You guys are like <laughs> Goku and Vegeta at this point, man. So thank you for blessing our eardrums with your uh, aesthetic voices and stuff. But no, for real, you guys, thank you for being on the show, man. Uh, would you guys like to introduce yourselves and talk about what you guys do? Uh, I think you would do a better job than I would, but that's up to you I mean, guys. Sure. So yeah, I am Control Freak, as Wonderstead. Uh, as he mentioned, I am on Gaming Casual. You know, he already, he gave you our, sh- our spiel for that. Uh, I am also on Twitch uh, under the moniker Control Freak. Nice and simple, although the spelling is weird. Uh, I'm an extremely casual gamer. My flavor of the month goes all over the place from RPGs, first-person shooters, horror games, kill your friends. Uh, yeah. A little bit of everything and i always try and encourage those i game with to give everything a try at least once unless i scare them off by getting way too into it <laughs> well that's excellent man that's excellent can before we get to vex can i ask you like how'd you come up with your name and everything as far as like your your twitch name your gamer tag and stuff like that <laughs> so i i have always had 
three primary tags. Um, growing up, I was a huge Magic the Gathering nerd. Yes. So for the longest time, I would go under the moniker Urza368. So for the Magic buffs, Urza was, you know, one of the hot names. I think he's still technically a hot name in Magic the Gathering now, but it's been so long since I played. Um, then comes the uh, the Xbox 360 era. And I ended up snagging the uh, the gamer tag NPC666. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. And nice, like, nice, nice. That, that was just, you know, I had no idea what to put in there. And I didn't want to keep using Urza. So I was just like, screw it. I'm going to give this a shot. It sounds funny. I mean, what isn't funnier than the demon and the demon computer, basically. <laughs> so went for it it was available and i've been i've used that on xbox ever since and then when i started doing a lot of pc gaming um i wanted to go for something that didn't have the numbers at the end of it gotcha because that's it, it's so common to see like oh yeah you know i'm long shadow xx three one five four two eight seven five like no 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 so i uh i jumped around a little bit with what i could find and I ended up snagging Control Freak. Uh, opted for, you know, the lead speak type of spelling. So, you know, you got the CTRL FR34K. So, ended up getting it for Twitch, ended up snagging it on YouTube. And then I come to find out someone has the, uh, the moniker on Twitter. Except ah. the person's not been active since like 2013. So I. I need to like submit something to uh, to Twitter and just be like, hey, since this guy's been inactive since forever, <laughs> can you just give me that uh, that app? Seven hey, years? Yeah. Don't they just like go through and delete old accounts if they haven't been active, or is there like? You would think so, but I yeah. I, I don't believe so because it's technically like linked to. Is it linked to Facebook now? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm. I mean, like the G4 Twitter account wasn't active for a long time, and then that just like came out of the, I, I, you know, came out of nowhere. They're back and they're returning. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, who remembered that password? Like, come on, man, it's been, <laughs> it's been a long time, man. Well, that's just sitting in like a corporate safe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on a post-it note, just like tagged in the back. Yeah. Uh, well, that's cool, man. I was just curious, man. Thank you for telling us that story. And I, I dig the name, man. I think it looks cool, bro. And um, Vex, man, um, would you like to introduce yourself? And then I'll ask you an, a, a very personal question, just like, you know, I did with Control. And we'll, yeah. we'll see, see where me... it goes. <laughs> Sounds good oh to my. me. <laughs> oh, my. Anyway, my name is Vexifer. I've been around for a good minute on this earth. I actually started streaming on Twitch earlier this year. I think it was near February when I first started. Really wanted to give it a shot. Didn't really have too much of a means um, going through in the past years, but finally was able to kind of get things situated. So now I do streaming. Wanted to get into YouTube content, so I'm trying to figure that out. Um, I like to play video games, obviously. Who here doesn't? Um, for video game types, I kind of prefer a wide variety. Uh, not so much in sports or racing, uh, depending if there's more of an arcadey kind of feel and gameplay element to them. But uh, games, I just really enjoy playing kind of any game, usually more of a single player story focused games, things that kind of bring you in, distract you from the outside reality and bring you into a new reality. And two video games, kind of one of my um, main 
my main uh, I don't know, desirable attributes in gaming. One of the things that can take your mind off things, put you into focus, kind yes. of give you controls to move around, put you into a world that's not your own, and let you just explore and let you have fun and let you forget about the life that you know you might be currently going through, or maybe it's just boring. You just want to have fun. Um, I like to play a lot of older games on my own personal time. Um, things that, ranging from Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, uh, Nintendo 64. Just games I just really enjoy um, that kind of bring back good memories from gaming. Uh, but I really do enjoy playing games of various kinds. Um, currently, um, <laughs> I say I'm um, too many times, gosh. <laughs> You're good. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Every first time, everyone's nervous. No. We're all nervous, just, man. Just trying to think of what to say. Oh, yeah. It's also my first time doing a podcast. Wow. Yes. So, well, I'm glad you're on, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So don't mind me. I'll just be here for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for having me here, Wonder. Yeah, anytime, man. I really enjoy what you do. And, you know, I think you brought up a really cool point, man. And I wanted to get your your opinion on it, man. As far as I did an episode at one point on escapism. And I think it was around the time that the pandemic started. And um because I felt like at that time, it was really cool to get into video games, get into a good book, get into a show, anime, whatever, whatever floats your boat, you know, but now, now you got time to do that and get lost in those kind of worlds. And when I was looking up stuff on escapism, there seems like a real generic negative, like tinge attached to it. Like to some people or to uh, a lot I guess like throughout history escapism is like a bad thing they kind of throw it in this bucket of you're running away from your problems you're not facing reality but you know you said something (laughs) I I know right dad where (laughs) get out of my room dad Um, but yeah like but what you said is about you know the games that you like and one of the reasons why you like to get in games man is like something I completely relate to And I view that as escapism. And I think it's been so uh, helpful throughout this year, especially, I mean, throughout my life. And I think we can all relate. But um, so what what do you think about that? I mean, I think that getting into a video game is no different than getting into a a Netflix show or into a, a good book. I mean, it's just a different form of entertainment or storytelling. So why is that? Why would, uh, you know, general public people say that escapism through video games is like a bad thing? Um, I don't know. I guess it just depends on your perspective on life is my kind of guess or takeaway from that. Um, You only get one life to live, you know, maybe a hundred years if you're lucky. Uh, Probably a lot less if you're unlucky or at a bench and next. (laughs) But uh, I think it's kind of attributed to the... I guess laziness aspect you're not really doing too much with it it's not really going to help you when you're on your own that's i think that's one of the main takeaways and for that and just because uh video games ended up being one of the more newer media fronts in mm. comparison to books television theater things like that back in my be... day we didn't have these new fangled <laughs> computers <laughs> exactly right it's like they it's a child of the group mm. you know they want you to grow up they want you to like, pay attention um and in terms of escapism from running your from your problems i guess that's a little bit partially true but at least in my aspect um in order to like when i was growing up i had issues 
growing up and who doesn't right but video games kind of held that kind of an escape kind of a bolstering like i would feel a lot better after playing video games feel better about myself kind of just have these ideas and my creative outlets kind of just you know channeled through and instead of uh being done with those games and being the same person i feel like at least for me i came back a little bit more just thinking about the world thinking about the things i see out in the world mm -hmm. kind of changing my perspective on that as well and kind of putting uh, more of a creative outlook and maybe kind of instead of seeing walls in front of me i see you know walls with windows there's always a, a like an opportunities out there in terms mm -hmm. of getting away from the issues or finding other solutions finding other ideas and it's kind of when you're in an environment especially when you're growing up and dependent on family you're uh, kind of trapped in a sense um, if you have a bad family or kind of a broken home and so if you have video games to help you with that at least in my opinion it kind of gives you that mentality gives you the ideas like hey things are not all bad here there's other things good out there and it's just kind of more of a time sink until you get to those areas or maybe helps you kind of understand other aspects because you know it's not kids that make video games a lot but sometimes there are but when you're growing up it's adults and they kind of input these themes of their life or themes of growing up or coming of age or kind of overcoming obstacles within the video games themselves and i kind of use that aspect that you see in those video games and kind of put it into a real world perspective of you know this is just a challenge for me that i can overcome with time and dedication and so i don't know that's how i kind of see it for escapism at least for me i'm not totally escaping i'm kind of using it as a way to take um, a break man to get this challenge yeah <laughs> yeah no dude that was wonderful like i really vibe with that man um before i say anything else control do you have anything to say to that um, I mean, I, I agree with a lot of what he had said in that. I know myself growing up, I absolutely used games as a escape. And I'm trying to think of the right word for it. And it, it'll come to me in an hour, probably. <laughs> no um, but no, one of the one of the big things that I always used games for growing up was a social connector. Hmm. So having friends that also you know finding those friends that played the games that i played even if you know if it was before xbox live and you know networked gamings because growing up i couldn't use the computer as often the computer was my dad i had the consoles the computer was my dad <laughs> um but playing games and then being able to go to school and talk to my friends and talk about the games that I had played and the games that they were playing and kind of shooting back and forth with what we what we had done in the games or you know what we enjoyed about the games to reference something that just came out Tony Hawk you know the the remaster just came out and I remember growing up and actively having competitions with my friends about who could do the better trick, who could get the higher score, who was better at what stage. Um, so while I would use it as an escape from, you know, various aspects of my life, I also used it to gain new connections with the, with other people in my life. Um, if that makes sense no dude it totally makes sense i think it's like you guys both had really relatable 
uh, answers to that. And there's really no right or wrong answer. I, I totally see um, video games being something that is super socially interactive, especially when you have the mediums that it can go through now as far as streaming live on Twitch or creating content for YouTube um, and doing Let's Plays and things of that nature. Um, you can share experiences with strangers that can then become your friends through your similar interests or passions into whatever, you know, game or character or story or anything. And, uh, you know, obviously the online games have been, you know, crucial in just meeting people and playing with others and making it more convenient and stuff like that. But like, yeah, I think we're all in the same category of like growing up where we had couch co-op, we had, you know, four player, uh, you know, split screen multiplayer and stuff like that. And there was just so many fun times playing with your friends in the same room. And then also like I, one of my fondest memories growing up was my Game Boy Advance and playing games like Dragon Ball Z Legacy of Goku and going to PE the next day and talking to my buddy and be like, yo, how far did you get? Like, how'd you get past this part? You know, and having those cool conversations, man. And, and especially, I think over time on this podcast, I've mentioned it with Pokemon, how like just how people find out how to solve and navigate things in games these days through like the internet and YouTube and stuff like that. Like how you had to talk with people and friends and or buy those like what is it the prima like strategy guides, guides? yeah oh, right I have <laughs> stacks of those oh man at my parents place because um growing up yeah i used to buy them uh and then when i started working at a game store so when those end up like going out of print or just not having value anymore the game gets too old whatever and what have you we got rid of them. Oh man. There was there I mean what else do you do with them otherwise they just take up shelf space. So, I had an agreement with my boss that if we had multiples, I could take one. So, I just have stacks on stacks of <laughs> Prima strategy guides in my closet back at my parents' place. For games I may never even own. <laughs> like, I think I have Bat Battlefield 2? What? Yeah, I think I have a Battlefield 2 strat guide. I've got the Bad Company strat guide. Like, <laughs> there, there is just such a wide assortment. I mean, I'm pretty sure I have a World of Warcraft strategy guide in there somewhere because somehow that game had one. Wow. Like how? Like what 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 is in a, a MMO strat guide? I guess like item descriptions, maybe locale and lore and stuff maybe, but Yeah, certain dungeons like, oh yeah, okay. you could get this item drop from this dungeon and if you're trying to find this resource, this is the best location. It was absolutely useless. Don't get me <laughs> wrong, <laughs> absolutely useless. But I had it. I definitely had it. Well, that's that's oddly impressive, man, because those books are going to be just nostalgic and they're just so cool to think about because every time you'd go up to the counter to check out, they were always in my memory, like right there. Like you were supposed to like look down and go, oh, let me get the strategy guide with it, you know, yeah. and, and usually the person behind the counter would be like, well, hey, you know, 
this is a kind of a tough long game do you want to get this you know this guy to help you through and stuff like that but oh it was a total upsell item oh yeah you <laughs> had you could just package it all together but um vex do you remember the last time you had to use some kind of strategy guide through a game or anything like that mm, to actually use a strategy guide i think the last real strategy guide i kind of used was for legend of zelda twilight princess um one of my favorite games of all time and i just used it uh, a lot of the reasons i'll get a strategy guide it's just kind of making that physical item i'm really a, a strong proponent of having physical kind of media whether yes. it's disc um, cartridges or even strategy guides not even though you know the internet is there and it's free and you can access it from multiple devices there's something about having a concise compact form usually decently well written um, with good visuals if you have a nice hardcover book you have kind of that collector's aesthetic to it as well um, yeah. i would have to say twilight princess would have to be the one i actually have i do collect a few of them depending on the game i have some that are in japanese just because some of the old playstation one games don't come in english, <laughs> uh, english strategy guides so i'll never know how to read them but uh i just like having them I would say Con yep one advantage though to digital control f Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, that's How true. do I get through this one stupid thing? Control F, <laughs> stupid thing. Found it. Yeah, yeah that's that's true. that's true, man. But but you know, with a I don't know, it's just like how I feel about books, like in general. Like you know, you have um, you know so many devices that you can read eBooks on and stuff like that. You can get manga and comic books and just you know, I, I listen to a lot of audio books. Um, but like I, I just like the feeling of having the book in my hand and being able to just like easily like, you know, flip through it and go to whatever, you know, page I want to and just there's like a smell to it. It's like when you get a new game, you know, when you open it up and you, you take a whiff and you're like, ah, brand new video don't, game. Don't smell. smell the inside of a video game case. It smells terrible. It smells terrible. <laughs> what? Oh, it's, dude, it smells great. It's like people who like gasoline smell. Like, you know, when you're at the pump and you're just like, ah, oh, this is so good. It's so bad for me probably. But yeah, I don't know. I just that, that, like yeah. preserve like stale plastic it's not smell. stale plastic <laughs> it's brand new it's like fresh out of the factory um no i mean teacher i get it yeah i totally get it um well at least you're not tasting it you know when everybody was like tasting the switch Excuse cartridges my lick my discs yeah, yeah like why why were people doing that man I just I don't I don't know. Wait, uh, didn't didn't Nintendo do something with the uh, the SD cards used for the Switch? Yeah, no, the cartridges to make them taste terrible. Or yeah, something? and people were like purposely <laughs> putting it on the tip of their tongue. Oh man! And it was gonna and it tastes terrible. I've never done it. I'm pretty sure they did it to prevent choking hazards for small children. But guess what? Large man children, <laughs> yeah. if you tell them not to do a thing, they're going to be like, oh, man, that's just incentive to me for me to do it twice. Bro, well, now I'm curious. I got <laughs> Reverse psychology is a thing, guys. I mean, it just it, it works. It works wonders. Absolutely. Tell someone they can't do something, they, they want to do it even more. So, um, yeah, I. I 
I don't even know where we were going after that, man, because that that brand new game smell just like took my mind off of everything. Because I think that Vex, dude, I am with you, dude. I love physical media. I mean, I love the convenience of digital stuff. I love streaming. I love being able to just like, okay, I had to get Animal Crossing uh, digitally because it was at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, it was sold out, stuff like that. So I just got it on my Switch and I didn't have to leave the couch, you know. So I like that aspect of it. Um, <laughs> but I think like getting introduced to things like Steam, I'm pretty new to the PC gaming world and seeing the convenience of that. And like my PC doesn't even have a CD drive on it. But do you think with like the next gen that we're going to finally reach like the end of physical media as, as far as video games? I would have to say not next gen. Are you talking about the ones coming up for like PlayStation? Yeah. 5? Yeah. I think that's kind of a especially for the PlayStation side. I haven't really kept up with the Xbox or Microsoft side of things, but I definitely think it's going to be a further pushing point, just given how you have two separate consoles for the PlayStation, one being digital only, the other one having more of the physical media side to it. And I think because it's more of the newer games coming out, no one really knows what to expect or really knows what's going to be, you know, one of those collectors kind of mm-hmm. holding items that you'd want to have on your shelf. I think it's going to really push it along. I would say probably two more generations after this one is going to be very heavily focused on digital media. That's just going to be my guess. But uh, I think we're still going to have the physical media for at least a decent time. And it really depends on the other consoles, how they keep it up. Yeah, I totally. Yeah, like I totally can see that. Um, Maybe not that far, though. I think things are moving a little bit faster because like even in this gen, xbox came out with a digital only and they've been going on game pass so it just seems like they're like getting really away from even giving you the thought or the option of getting like a physical disc i mean i saw the other day when that mario uh 35th anniversary stuff was announced there was somebody who actually had the case when they opened it up they were like people were like oh what a missed opportunity they didn't put an instruction manual in there it's like guys like do games do they even come out with instruction manuals anymore i mean that was uh, that was great on the ride home opening the game because you couldn't do anything else with it and you're just sitting there reading the manual (laughs) like oh okay now i can i know the controls so when i get home i can just plop the game in and just you know hit the ground running but we barely even get physical versions of games, let alone them spending any more money to put a manual that you could easily just like, I guess, get in the game or get online. But what about you, Control? You think it's like over? You think we're just going to be all digital? And and if we do go all digital, what are some requirements as a consumer that you think we need to be asking for? Because memory is going to be a bitch. And I already saw that with things like Warzone on my PlayStation 4. I took that joker off. I think Warzone is a great game, uh, like for a BR. Um, I'm not a huge Call of Duty person, but Warzone was fun. It's one of my favorite BRs out of all of them right now. I don't play it because it's like over 100 gigs and I only have a 500 gig PS4. So like, it's like, I didn't buy that system just for it to be a Call of Duty Warzone machine. So like, how do you fix the storage problem if we're doing everything all digital and well and that's one of the worst parts is it doesn't even need to be all digital for that to happen with this whole games as service fit you're gonna bump into that 
no matter what because oh well we have this new update we have these new graphics we have this we have that and we're adding all these things post release um and you kind of saw it back in the ps3 era you know you're buying this game you take it home you pop it into your system now downloading update now installing update now installing game oh so oh, i don't need the disc anymore no you still need the disc and it was kind of like well why did i buy the disc if i had to download the game anyways um and i say this while i turn around and look at you know 20 some odd plus collector's game statues like i'm a big collector's edition fan i love getting collector's edition um my most recent major one was final fantasy 7 i got the motorcycle i got the hardy daytona and the cloud statue that thing cost me 300 bucks don't regret it at all but i think i'm trying to remember and i want to say it was halo 4 i think it was halo 4 um they actually didn't have a physical disc in the collector's edition wow it was a download <laughs> code yeah you got a little box but inside it was a download oh code. dude that's a, the actual disc that's a slap to the face though right well at the time i didn't really think of anything of it i just wanted it for the statue i got the game i was like cool i got the game um right. but I was, I was in it for the statue uh <laughs> but that kind of makes me realize like in the future, the fact that we're getting away from physical media mm -hmm. is more of an inevitability, not a possibility. So I actually think um, after this coming gen, PS5 and the new Xbox, after that, we will probably see, we might see some games still have physical options in the next generation, but like PC, 100% it's going to be gone. Um, but for PlayStation and Xbox, you might stop seeing exclusives coming out on disc. Oh, wow. Um, just because, you know, yeah, they can pay for the marketing, but why pay for a physical edition? Why pay for manufacturing of a physical edition if 90% of the content of those games gets downloaded anyways? Mm. Well, and see, but that raises so many different like solutions and problems, right? Because like I, as I've gotten older, I do appreciate minimalism. Like I don't like to have a lot of different things around. I, I, I like to like be able to just, uh, I don't know, tidy up and feel like if I had to like go off for some reason, I don't know, this is a weird mindset, but it's just like, I don't want to have a lot of things that I'm like, oh, what am I going to do with all this? So I like having things in one place. Like I like having my switch, have my carrying case and everything's right there or everything on steam or just like, you know, a handful of things like that. Like, but so, but you're also like still charging full price for digital. I feel like that's, that's gotta go. Like it, it, it needs to be like 10 bucks cheaper online. And I think they're just doing that at the time, but it's going to be really hard for me to continue with that in the future. Like I can see physical copies being like a, only a collector's thing. Like you have to pre-order physical. We do not hold physical like in store. 
You know, maybe they'll sell you a code at a Target or a Best Buy or wherever you get your games outside well, of online. But And that's another interesting factor. Think about game game stores, game shops, like video game stores. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, I think the only one around now is GameStop. I, I yeah, legitimately I, think they are the only ones for like big name companies that still exist. Is EB Games next, a thing? No. Uh, okay. They actually got bought out by GameStop oh, years ago. Um, just like Game Crazy did, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, they're, those types of shops are going to go out the window yeah. with these new pure digital media. Because with digital, you don't have used games. So there goes, you know, 50% of their profit. Right. And with a lack of physical games, you're no longer spending marketing money to send stuff to these stores. These stores no longer have any value to go investigate them or check them out because what are you, what are you going to get out of it? You're going to head to a store to buy a receipt with a code that you have to go home, put on your system and download anyways. <laughs> yeah. When you could have just down, like bought it from the marketplace and downloaded it that way. Uh, so it's it within the next five to 10 years, I can see physical media like discs kind of going by the wayside. We may actually start seeing games coming out on like USB drives. Oh, wow. Be think about it. Outside of Blu-rays, how much how much space does a Blu-ray have? Is it 10 gigs? Oh, I think. man. Oh, I can look it up. I'll look it up real yeah. quick. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but, you know, you think about the size of space on a Blu-ray versus the largest USB for, you know... Uh, 25 uh, bucks here you go uh a dual layer disc can hold up to 50 gigs nice. uh which so i'm seeing like 100 to, what i don't know like it's giving me a couple different yeah 25 gigs per layer and dual up to 50 and they have triple they have like different layer disc of blu-ray i guess that's right. not a lot that's really not a lot yeah and i literally just typed in usb drive into google and the first thing that shows up is 128 gig flash drive for 15 bucks oh my gosh uh two terabyte flash drive 55 bucks so you look at that and i mean you could see a company like a triple a company mm -hmm. say you want to get like here is a pack of exclusives Here's an exclusive memory pack. It is the it is all the exclusives from the last year. It's 150 bucks and it comes in on one USB. You pop it in, you get access to the games. So and, see, see, that's the word I'm worried about, though. So here's the thing, like Vex, you you said that you you really like physical media like that's your preference I, I i agree with that like i I'll, I'll hey i'll make sacrifices if i have to uh, and certain things like obviously i think for me indie titles like smaller games like i'm okay sometimes like just getting it off the nintendo eShop or something like that if it's like under 10 bucks 
But here's the thing that I, is it, is it a ownership thing for you, man? Because like, even for me, when I get something digital, I don't feel like I own it. It's like control set. I feel like I only have access to it. Like I'm only getting permission to play this, but like, mm-hmm. a, but when I own the disc, when I own the system and the box and everything, I can walk around down my neighborhood street and wave it in there and be like, I own this game. And, but like, if it's digital, then it's really all about the device. And what's that do with backwards uh, compatibility and stuff like that? Like, how's that game changed now since everything's going to be like in the cloud, I guess, quote unquote, and stuff like that. So is it like an ownership? Do you like it? Does it feel like you really own? Because you do, obviously. But with digital, do you not feel like you actually own a game when you buy something off of Steam or something like that? Yeah, I mean, it kind of really depends. That's why I like GOG or goodoldgames.com because then you can download it directly to your PC and can have a bit more ownership on that. That's kind of one of the things that I guess I don't really worry on Steam like wholeheartedly, but it's in the back of my mind. Like, okay, what if something screws up? What if someone, like, it's companies at the end of the day, um, and we're just individuals. If anything happens, maybe we're in a game, there's a hacker in there. Like, I don't hack, I don't cheat. But I know <laughs> I have my fair share of instances of dealing with companies and just getting screwed over by them for whatever reason. Like right. I have total control, like my issues with Newegg before. And it's just one simple thing to throw it off. And then you get banned or your account gets banned. You can't do it. It's some uh, security measure that they have to implement. And that's why I really like physical media, uh, media. the ownership of it is it's good, but it's more so as a, I don't know, you know, you have it, you can play it whenever. Um, I'm not too privy on how extensive it is, but I've heard of names getting changed over or patched through kind of either censorship or just changes made to digital products. And then you kind of lose out on the, the original concept of some things more so in television and movies lately than mm-hmm. in video games, but just having the physical media, you know, just having that you can play it whenever, wherever, um, physical, uh, more so digital, obviously does retain value and you have collectors people who'd buy it people who'd sell it and just kind of having that media some games do kind of fade out of existence um and like i said with steam you're never really owning it kind of more have access to it like how you're saying or quoting control saying that and uh it's just i don't know it's not (laughs) it's nice to have access it's it's really convenient yeah but it just that's pretty much it you know you're able to play with others and have access but at the end of the day something goes wrong that's it well you you brought up a cool point man especially when it came to like digital and rights and different things like digital rights like something that's going on right now uh fortnite the epic store and apple like they took that off of the app store you know like things happen where like certain uh contracts or right like music rights for a game oh well they it expired uh so this old game we have to pull it from the store like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. And, and it's like what Warcraft three, like uh, I, when, one of the first things I wanted to do when I got this quote unquote gaming PC was, uh, play Warcraft three, because that's one of the few games that I had an opportunity growing up to play on PC at a buddy's house. And so I was like, Oh dude, that'd be fun to play Warcraft three. But then it was right after Reforge came out. Or whatever and now you can't even buy the original warcraft 3 you can only buy reforge and i was like seeing all the reviews bro so like yeah. but that isn't that that sucks like 
So they can kind of just update it. Now, people are getting used to games like a Fortnite, right? That if you were to have played that game when it first came out a, a year or so ago, and now you play it now, it's like two different games. It's still the same thing. And, and unfortunately, weirdly, it's in early access still. And so I'm like kind of like blown away. Like, I, you know, imagine if 007 Goldeneye had season passes and updates. Like, I feel like it's hard to get attached to certain games like that now because they're constantly changing. Like sometimes for the better, like there's certain games that when we were growing up, I'm sure we would have appreciated a good patch or two, you know, a couple bug fixes. Um, but we didn't have that type of technology. So it was what it was, but you got more attached to that experience and why, why we all like really geek out over nostalgia is because generally we had the same experience, you know, Nowadays, it's just all over the place, constantly changing and growing. And a lot of that is from being digital, being online focused and stuff like that. So do you feel like the generation that's like getting into gaming now, like from this generation of consoles is going to just not even really care at all about physical media? I mean, they're, they're the ones that have been getting for, you know, Fortnite and just going to GameStop to get you know, V-Bucks and stuff like that. They're not buying games. Like those stores, I feel like are cool to have like a, uh, like accessories. I was going to say appliances. I don't know why. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, it's weird, man. Cause I'm 50, 50. Like I, I can see both sides, but I'm very nostalgic and retro gaming is obviously something that's weird to talk about when I mentioned things like the GameCube. And stuff it's like some music we grew up listening to is like classic rock now or just like you know uh throwback hits and you're like this is weird what 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 timeline am i in this uh, isn't a throwback <laughs> this came out like two years yeah ago. oh Dude, wait <laughs> yeah oh, wait oh no how old am i uh but um yeah man so i'm i i appreciate both your guys's opinions man and i think like for certain situations i mean to each their own but I think I'll always have a preference for physical copies, but especially with the year we've had, you know, I think a lot of people have chosen to get into digital stuff more. I, I've, I've seen that kind of with things like DoorDash and stuff like those services were around, but then when the world kind of told you like, ah, do you really got a choice? <laughs> you know, like, why don't you just sit there get this? We'll, we'll bring it to you. It's no big deal. Like, so I feel like there's no going back. I feel like, like if you were holding on to physical media there, it's going to be an uphill battle this generation because I don't think PlayStation is going to do that disc option for long. I really don't. I feel like it's just like to ease us into that transition. And uh, we don't even know the price difference, honestly. That that'd be an, like an interesting thing to see too. Um, and well, and that's the thing. There, there won't be much of a price difference if they if they ever go to pure digital. Um, we won't see a price difference probably for a couple of years until it becomes only digital. Because uh, okay. if we go if we go to an only digital, then they don't need to worry about manufacturing costs but if there's any sort of physical version of a game they still have to worry about manufacturing costs and when they do that they have to have a minimum amount of manufacturing to be done so there yeah. is always that percentile that will be tacked on to 
every copy sold, digital or physical. You might get away, get around taxes, because I think that's one thing with, uh, actually, no, they got rid of that with the uh, localized taxing using zip codes. Because uh. for, for a while, that was one of the big things is when you bought a digital game, you didn't pay taxes on it. It was just the flat cost. But now, like, Xbox Live, if you buy a game through Xbox Live and you put in your zip code, it's applying your state taxes based on zip code. Wow. Isn't that the same with, like, Amazon as well, right? Yep. Wow. Yeah. There, um, there were, like, a glory days of online. Around. Yeah. My bad. Go ahead, man. <laughs> no, it, I was, I was, it was just something to think about. And when you're going into the manufacturing cost portion, uh, you have to think it's like, yeah, you've got the disc, then you've got the cases, then you, hell, you've even got the boxes to ship them. And then the cost of shipping them, all of that gets added in together. And that, that is where we've started seeing the inflation for the cost of games over the years where you know it used to be what 40 bucks then it went up to 50 bucks now we're at 60 bucks um and part of that yes is developer costs yeah as these games get fancier the cost to make them gets higher but on the reverse side you're looking at games used to take years upon years to make you know you you got one game and then five years later you'd get the you know version two of the game or the next like story of that game now we get yearly new releases but there's very little actually updated after that first one mm. so in all honesty development costs have actually gone down because teams get smaller technology gets better it's easier and faster to make these so how are we having all these issues with uh you know, dev teams not getting paid, but then you also have the dev teams that are getting run into the ground just from overwork. Yeah. Uh, it, it all comes down to that bottom line and that goes over to uh, the production companies and the parent companies where it's like, we need this game to come out by the end of the year. You will have it done or you'll be on the street. Oof. And they want that though because that guarantees them their highest profit line and uh, it, it's it's a terrible thing to go into and i don't i almost don't want to go into it but it does <laughs> it it all boils down into that one statement yeah profit lines yeah we're seeing that a lot right now you know obviously throughout this year there's been a lot of delays there's been a lot of um you know setbacks for really the whole world uh, you know name name an industry name name something whatever i'm sure it's been affected we've all been affected and video games we've seen this year delayed and you know uh one of the more like uh i don't want to say controversial right but this can we talk about like halo and xbox and that delay and that that kind of situation real quick yeah like i know we all know that you know shout out to uh sedge big halo fan <laughs> um i i i also someone else i know who's really into halo like uh looting cow um it, you know i was really rooting for the xbox guys and i'm just not i'm not feeling it right now <laughs> it's not looking too good like 
I don't know really overall with next gen. I'm kind of, I don't know if it's a matter of getting older, but I just don't see a lot from either that's like jumping at me and it's like, dude, you have to go get this. This is the next gen, bro. Can, can you feel it? Like Xbox feel it now, Mr. Krabs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, probably when I have the dual sense controller in my hand, I will actually feel it maybe as much as they've been talking about it. But like I was mentioning to somebody the other day, I was like, remember when the switch came out and they were like, Oh man, these controllers, the joy cons, it's like it tilted this way. And it's like a, a glass with a, you know, an ice cube in it. And it's like nothing, nothing really came from that. You know, that was kind of like a, a weird gimmick. Uh, the Joy-Cons are okay. They're not that great. But, you know, okay, so I'm getting off track a little bit. Um, so uh, with like Halo, one of the biggest titles for Xbox and Microsoft and the kind of generation that, that they've had, like when these games have got delayed, are you guys on like the train of like, well, yeah, like take your time. Like, make a good product. I mean, obviously, like Control was saying, dev teams across the world are, um, in a lot of ways, in a really intense work environment. Like, they have a, a lot of deadlines that are really unrealistic and probably have, like, you know, no days off in a lot of sense of the word because now they're working at home and stuff like that, right? So anyways, like... It just seems like that's a that's one of those things where it's like I get delaying the game if you feel it's not ready, but damn, then you should delay that whole console release because I don't I don't see anybody running out to the stores, you know, general consumers maybe I'm speaking of because we all know that we have you know fandoms that are very particular to that brand, so I'm not disrespecting anybody like that, but you know I think the PlayStation five might look like a weird alien Wi-Fi router and stuff. Um, but it seems like they at least have like better exclusives and at least just looks different. You know, I don't know. What, what, what do you guys think? I, I just kind of rambled there for a second. You, you guys take it. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> no worries. Thanks. Uh, take a jab at it. What do I think about what exactly? The, uh, the general idea of like, Everything, all these delays that we've been seeing both dev-wise and console-wise, and should these consoles be pushing themselves back even further with oh. this whole, uh, well, next-gen console wars happening as it does every five to ten years? I mean, I'm, I'm leaning towards yes. I feel this is a good time to kind of really take a different approach to things. Um, one of the more recent kind of delayed situations came about with Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield for the Switch. Obviously, the companies have things around it where they want to get a release. They want to get a release for a particular season or holiday. Sell things in terms of merchandising, TVs, anything that ties into that kind of stuff. Um, I, don't know, I feel like it could be a very good breather for video games to kind of push things back. Maybe if it's a either on their own if uh, Microsoft and Sony can agree upon like a mutual pushback so that way they can you know tie things up together but I feel like that'd be a good breather room you know everyone's anticipating during this whole situation it's not much like we're really doing so we're gonna still be anticipating it uh, it's not really gonna turn our attention away from it um, I don't know I think it'd be a good kind of reprieve 
going to push things back a bit, get everything squared up, really kind of build that hype, push things in alignment to where you have the games, you have the consoles, and then it's just like an extravaganza, you know? Uh, I don't think that would be kind of issuing a new golden age for video games, but I think it'd be a nice change up in pace and how things are going currently or have been going in the past few years. Dude, okay. that was that was excellent. That was excellent. I completely agree. Go ahead, Control. Just wanted to butt in real, real quick. You're, you're good. You, you are the king of this castle. No. We are the jesters. No, no, go um, ahead. No, with, uh, with Xbox especially, um, right now they are trying to go to bat without their star cleanup guy in terms of baseball or you know if you want to go with horse races without their star horse they are trying to go up against sony who is pushing out hey we've got the exclusive spider-man game (sighs) tell them like i'm you have a literal full-on exclusive to your console and microsoft is coming trying to throw back with what exactly because i haven't heard anything about a new gears the last gears game we heard about was their little pop tactics game which i'm sorry that's (laughs) no one asked for that crossover (laughs) um but then yeah they had they had all their halo stuff and then you know the halo devs themselves which good on them personally like i i am actually 100 behind them for delaying the game you know, hey, let's not put undue stress on our developers in mm. this time frame, especially after getting a rough reception at the uh, the Xbox conference. Do you think that was overreacted, bro? All both I you do. guys, like I, I definitely do. Yeah. Y- you know what? Yeah, Craig looks a little silly. It's also <laughs> a dev build. There you they go. they were trying to showcase what the gameplay felt like, what it looked like. And what did it look like to me? It looked like Halo. The gun shot like Halo. They looked fancy like Halo. Did the graphics look maybe a little too clean and crispy? Kind of like a, uh, I don't want to say cell shaded. Yeah. It looked like Borderlands if they cleaned off the grime with like with how vibrant the colors were. So yeah, you know, you, you tone down some of the colors and you know the game's going to look really good but now they have to respond to how their fans not even the general public their fans reacted to their game because general public was like oh sweet a new halo game i know you know the previous halo games were pretty good i'll get in on this but their diehard fans were so divided Mm -hmm. about it that they said all right we're gonna have to take part of this back to the drawing board and revamp it they're pulling a sonic vex let me ask you this real quick and if you want to say something to that by all means but uh like do you think fans have unfair expectations do you think like we expect a lot like i was mentioning in a solo episode that i did the other day 
when mm. I was touching on Nintendo, I was thinking about just like how they do these directs and there's always like the internet trolls, right? They're just like, where's the new Smash character? It's like, bro, we told you this was a third party <laughs> direct mini. There was not going to be anything like, do you think that like we expect too much? Like they always got to knock it out of the park. Like obviously like if you want high we've been spoiled i think first and for foremost we've been spoiled to death with content entertainment video games from indie producers from you know third-party big companies and stuff like that and unfairly you know i think we expect like way too much because we've been so used to getting so much news every single day we woke up you turn on your phone and see like oh new video games new movies new everything all right another good day da, 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 da. and now through this year it's been so oddly quiet and, and i think it's forced us to like slow down and now it's like well when you do tell me something you better bring it man because i've been fiending for a, a nintendo direct man where's it been i need some more news so do you feel like we have on un unfair expectations like in general and even during this year with these companies yeah, I would say a little bit, yeah, in terms of having unfair expectations and more so on the execution on those expectations and whatever the reality of the situation is, I feel. I mean, it's awesome to have really high expectations. It's awesome to be hyped about a video game or what a company's doing and to see where they're going. It's like dreaming big, right? It's your imagination. Sky's the limit. You're trying to see what these uh, designers are creating for a world that they want you to experience. Um, but I think a lot more recently in the past, even months or a, few, uh, a couple of years, I think people, I think in general, kind of need to tone down the expectations just because some of these companies aren't really delivering. You know, we've seen it with No Man's Sky, seen it with Fallout 76. It's just, and you have games like where people are hyped for like Halo 5. I'm not really too much I, a Halo fan as I used to be in like Halo 1 and 2. But I get where the expectations are coming from and the fan response. But I mean, I'd rather have a game up front be, oh man, that's not exactly what I wanted, but maybe, you know, things can change up. But at least I know kind of feeling. Kind of like with Sonic, how Control brought that up. Maybe if uh, feedback and the receptiveness of the company is able to kind of produce a better product, at least the expectation is set and it's not going to be smeared. It might get a bit of a better uh kind of well-rounded response all around, uh, from the fans and the mainstream people. So, but I, I'd agree that setting expectations a bit lower, kind of be a bit more grounded, um, kind of the, probably a general benefit to yeah. uh, most people, <laughs> especially nowadays. Well, like to play devil's advocate real quick, cause I, I agree, but I also want to say that this is Xbox. This is Microsoft, right? And this is like their new console and they took an l this generation i i feel like that's like okay to say i'm not saying it was like the worst ever but man in comparison to even the switch like and name like nah, we're not even gonna get into that i was gonna say like name some exclusives from xbox like crackdown 3 flop there's been so many letdowns they had that dragon scale game or whatever it was gonna be and that, or and that got canceled it felt like to me they should have had this stuff ready though because you haven't been doing anything else and you know how important this is like i get taking your time but you haven't really been doing anything else i mean like ghost of shishima 
was just released. Last of Us Part 2 was just released on Sony. And they're already promising you right out the gate. Even though some of that, like Demon's Souls, is basically like a, a remaster remake type thing. And, you know, uh, the Miles Morales Spider-Man is not like a full-on sequel. But it's still something. Uh, uh, alongside, like, the typical, right... NBA 2K21 and Madden and the yearly releases, Call of Duty Cold War probably and, and Assassin's Creed, right? So you get all these different things alongside with it. But it feels like that's your like team leader, Master Chief. And you didn't have it ready. Like right now it's September. We just saw this footage, what, last month or so? Like to me, it just seems like was it the fans' expectation being too high, or just like, hey, you guys should have been ready for this, and it really clearly seems like you weren't. But I really can't find an excuse for you because at least with Sony, I'd be like, well, yeah, Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us Part Two, then the year before that wasn't God of War, Spider Man. It's like you guys have been knocking it out of the park. I mean, you guys have been winning the race, obviously. You know, it makes more sense if you weren't really ready for the next gen because you had been so focused on this one. But Xbox, I don't I don't catch that same feeling. Do you think there's any truth to that? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree that there's truth to that. You kind of especially if you're a big company like Microsoft and you have these kind of mainstay titles, these kind of uh, I guess home characters, as you say, uh, such as Master Chief. I can't even it's been so long since I played Xbox. <laughs> That's how bad it is. Um, Don't forget about Marcus Phoenix and Dom. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's no more Dom, but, yeah, the, you know. Yeah. The Gears crew, you know. Um, these kind of main staple characters, um, kind of mascots of your uh, gaming brand, it, it definitely does do well to hit home and hit strong with them and kind of show that, hey, they have these, like the horses that controls the, in the race, and we have these ones. And then we're pulling out the stops, going full force. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit different. I think personally, I, I really do like remakes and continuations, but I really love even more so to just have a, you know, a fresh swath, a new breath, just a lot of new IPs kind of pushed out instead of these continuations. Um, it's nice to have them, but I wish they put more in the back burner and then really hit hard with them out of nowhere. Uh, like how we saw with Ghost of Tsushima, uh, where it's an amazing uh, kind of new IP put out there, wonderfully done. It kind of cleans the palette of I don't know, the gamer's mind, gives them something else to expect instead of this kind of same thing sober. But um, no, I, I agree with you. Kind of it'll change my mind a little bit where they kind of probably should have pulled out more stops, developed a bit more, and kind of treated their fan base a bit better on it, like kind of respected them um, in terms of what they can do for their uh, Xbox brand. But yeah. They, they should have either come up with something new like something big, something new and that would have been more well like an unfinished new IP would have been more warmly received than a established I would say, yeah, an established IP that's 75% done because when you have an established IP, you've got everything you already need for it. Exactly. There really shouldn't be much work that needs to be done. Um, but when you go from, like, with Ghosts of Tsushima, I, I keep calling it the Japanese Assassin's Creed. Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it true. feels like. Yeah. Um, but that had a whole new vibe. 
it was a brand new styled world you know the environments the weapons the gameplay the story all of it was newly hashed there there wasn't really much to take from other places aside from the gameplay with halo it's like you've already got master chief you've got really good armor designs for them you've already got your enemies you've already got 90 percent of your weapons hell you already have a halo <laughs> you probably could have just put out halo one remastered like full-on remaster with new mechanics and everything or you know full-on new graphics and new gameplay and that probably would have been more well received than here's halo infinite ish ish right little, little splash of ish there really changes yeah. the whole thing well like yeah. remember when god of war was presented for the first time how freaking awesome that was and how good it looked and i feel like there was a documentary on the the making of god of war and uh with that they they like stressed to just present something like of a um you know a preview it, it was like not even built into the real game like after they showed that and got that response they're like all right now we gotta actually make this game so like you know i and people who are listening i'm sure i'm leaving out certain details so please correct me or uh let me know but uh you know they could have at least done that where it's like we just need something really cool for for this preview and then we can like really um knock it out of the park or at least like live up to that expectation and delay it you know instead of showing some kind of like half-assed that, that's all i'm saying i'm not i'm saying half-assed in the sense of like oh i can't take it back now but it's it didn't wow me like it was halo and i think halo looks cool on an open world-esque halo sounds freaking awesome given the name infinite that's what i want i want to be able to move freely with uh, like master chief and stuff but like control like how how close are we to microsoft pulling a sega and just saying you know what we're just going to focus on these games and 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 pc so yeah like yeah, yeah. are we close it's the big risk it, it is definitely the big risk um I don't think they're going to drop out of consoles entirely, but we're not going to see. I, I think this may be the last generation where they're really trying to be the big horse in the race. You'll, we'll probably still see them putting out like discless consoles. So it's all going to be digital. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll have their handful of exclusives. So they will probably keep Halo. They will probably keep Gears of War. Uh, but we won't see as much advancement unless they really revamp what they're doing. Right. Now they bought all those studios too, man. It's just like, I like the idea of Game Pass. I think that's cool. I think they actually are ahead of the game because they had this whole generation to like try different things out. They're like, yeah, they're like, fuck it. We lost. It's cool. Let's just think about what we can do to like turn this around. So by the next gen, we're good. That's I feel like they did that a couple years ago when uh, when Phil came out and was like, "Hey, yeah, we bought all these studios and we're working on it." And then we're here, and none of those studios really wowed me personally. And then your so top dog. Tell me, you know? tell me what you've heard about Game Pass. So like I, from from their conferences, like oh, and, and maybe hmm. major releases. What have you heard? 
about Game Pass? What have you seen them not, pull up about Game Pass? I mean, not a lot, man. Like, to be honest, the only experiences I have with it is like the there's the PC beta. So I can do it now and I've tried it out. Um, and that that is where Microsoft is failing. Oh, I, communication. I, I love Game Pass. Game Pass it Game Pass is amazing. 100%. I am happy to, I am happily paying my money each month to Game Pass because of what it provides me, what it what benefits it gives me. But Microsoft has dropped the ball so hard on Game Pass in place of talking about their new console, their their little mini fridge monolith, whatever <laughs> you want to call it, and all these half-baked games. Whereas with Game Pass, they could be pitching every single thing that they have alongside Game Pass. Hey guys, we're talking about the new, you know, the new Call of Duty, not Call of Duty, Call of Duty isn't uh, entwined with Game Pass, but, you know, we're talking about the new Halo. Get You, you want to talk about Halo? You want to get in on Halo? It's available on Game Pass. Guess what? 15 bucks a month? Is it 15 bucks a month? I think it is. Dude, it's Sorry, actually my, like my on PC, it's like five bucks, man. It's hella well, cheap. Like the first yeah, month, maybe. They're doing, yeah, they're doing a bunch of like promos for it. When they first mm. announced Game Pass, they did like, oh yeah, get Game Pass for the first month for a buck. Wow. It was a dollar for your first month to give it a shot. <laughs> I did that. You want to know what I did during that one month? What? I played through Gears 5. For a dollar? The day. The day I got it. Yeah. It was like, oh, I could hook up Game Pass for a dollar sure why not so i did it and i was like well what games do they actually have on here you know it's probably going to be like their b squad games right front page gears 5 oh, oh okay picked it up played it through <laughs> start to finish um I'll, I'll read you off a couple of titles that are there now these are their recently added okay games resident evil 7 Oh, okay, that's good. Biohazard. World War Z. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, World War Z, Crusader Kings 3, which, by the way... I heard that got a 100 out. or like a 10 out of 10, dude. Is that that it strategy game? just came out. Yeah, that, exactly. It just came out and it's, it's on Game Pass? On Game Pass. Oh my gosh. It's the same thing that happened with Gears 5 because the day Gears 5 got announced, it was available on Game Pass if you had game pass for free just download it play it cool wow uh wasteland 3 mm. which a lot of people are super big on uh it's have a you tried that rpg uh, i played wasteland 2 couldn't quite get into it mm. but i may still give wasteland 3 a, t a try basically it's fallout tactics oh okay okay mm. um something that i think you might enjoy Vex because you're very big on like the story narrative games. I was about to say. Tell me why. Chapter one, two, and three. Oh, I saw a preview for that recently. It, it reminds me of Life is Strange. Yeah. But that's on Game Pass. Uh, don't Starve Together. <laughs> or Don't Starve Giant Edition. Um, one that... Uh, would probably have super intrigued Sedge, and I'm, I don't doubt he bought it just right off the bat. <laughs> Microsoft Flight Simulator yes. is on there. On like, the freaking Game Pass, dude? On Game Pass, yeah. 
They actually just added Final Fantasy VII Windows Edition, which, not the remake, but the classic edition. I want to see you do that, the original one, man. Oh, God. That would, oh, my goodness. That would take me forever, but it'd probably be worth it. It'd be fun. I would, I'd be down to see that. I really, I really enjoyed it when you played the remake, man. Another really good one that day of release was Mm. available on Game Pass, and I played through it. Outer Outer Worlds. Yep. (laughs) 100% 100% on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Within the first three months of Game Pass, it paid for itself for an entire year. Wow. Yeah, the Outer Worlds is good. Unfortunately, is it- I read the fine print of uh, you need to have Windows 10 to be able to use Game Pass because that Windows 8. Yes. I know Windows 8. Uh, for some reason, I'm like, oh, why is this working? <laughs> why did I pay a dollar a month for this and now I'm paying five dollars <laughs> after this and I can't even play it? Oh, wait, I don't have a windows 10 <laughs> but you've resolved that now right yeah <laughs> yeah so i just got it on epic games instead so they won my money but yeah i don't know this is great it came out like first day or soon of uh for game pass it was pretty crazy yeah um i mean Damn. the master chief collections on there yeah yeah uh obviously oh, minecraft dungeons was something that actually was a game that they pushed that it was on game pass like they actually made a big push about that being on game pass not 100 sure why when they had all these other triple a titles there. <laughs> yeah what can you do it's minecraft get the kids yeah so so are they losing money though like by doing something in in going in this direction as far as like instead of people buying like i've heard rumors of certain next gen games being up to 70 dollars like uh so instead of giving them 70 dollars for the next halo i just pay them a a netflix you know price range fee per month and and just get to you know is that that good for them i i think it is um because again once you take out that physical medium aspect there's actually a drastic drop in cost because there are so many different aspects to physical media. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, out the shipping, the manufacturing, so on, marketing even. Where mm-hmm. Game Pass is doing the marketing for them because it's on its main page. Like, hey, this new game just came out. Play it right now. And they actually do rotate the games that are included with Game Pass. There are some that will drop from Game Pass, but you can still buy them. So far, I haven't encountered one that I was, you know, 100% like, oh my god, I need to actually buy this. Um, but, because a lot of them are more third-party games, like, none of their major titles have left Game Pass. So how do you feel about it, Vex? Like, you know, I'm not pinning you as, like, the physical media guy, but, uh, <laughs> you know, like, I... I, I I, I like my physical media, but it's like with Outer Worlds, right? Like, I kind of want to boost my Switch library. So what if I wanted mm-hmm. to get it, you know, on my Switch? Well, it's kind of ridiculous to balance paying a dollar or whatever Game Pass is like right now. But, you mm-hmm. know, obviously cheaper than full price on the Switch. Like, that's like a really sucker punch move to all of uh, Microsoft's competitors, man. And that's just why I'm like, you need to be doing anything you can to have like your Netflix original caliber games on that service so that people are like, uh, screw Hulu or Hulu. Why did I call it Hulu? Oh my gosh. I've been, what is wrong (laughs) with me? 
ignore me. Anyways, you know, to get rid of your competitors, because I know PlayStation has that PS Now, mm. but like that's trash because you have to stream the game. You don't download the game. So yeah. it's like you have like uh, delays and in input, like when you press up or something, you see it kind of like a, a little delay. That's in my experience. It just like it would be impossible to stream it. You know, it just wouldn't be fun. And uh, they haven't really pushed it as hard. But, you know, Sony's tried different services like TV and different things. And it just I don't know. I mean, you get an E for effort. But um, yeah, dude, that's crazy to hear all these titles that are on Game Pass. But like, I mean, yeah, as a, someone who likes physical media, you're dude, you're saving so much money doing a service like this. And you could, you know, maybe just focus on certain titles in physical that you get like control, like with collector editions. Like, do you think that's going to be like a new strat for people like us who like physical media? But these are just so reasonable, convenient and cheap, like Game Pass services. Cause they're not, they're going to be the, like the first, but I'm sure steam and other people are going to catch on just like we have, you know, HBO max and all Disney plus and stuff now. So. Yeah, no, most definitely. I think it's a, I think it's a sought after pricing model that a lot of companies are doing with the uh, subscription based, um, kind of games or media. Uh, I mean, just see how many places will have you pay like five dollars or seven dollars a month and then kind of just forget about it um let me ask you guys how often for a physical game either for playstation 4 xbox as say maybe this year so far how many times have you bought a physical game for your console Ooh. uh control you want to take the lead man twice twice all right Kingdom what about hearts and final fantasy oh right. wow you named them too bro um <laughs> i mean i have a handful mo uh like more like recently i got horizon zero dawn off of amazon it was on sale for like 14.99 um mm. and then um some physical copies of games oh you have the Sorry. collector's edition yeah oh, oh yeah i got nice. the collector's edition for that i totally had to that's badass dude i i i mean honestly dude I, just a handful i don't think it was more than five because really, if you think about this year with the, the, the pandemic and stuff, I've been yeah. getting a lot of games off of Steam, uh, Nintendo eShop. And honestly, PlayStation's done really good with their PlayStation Plus free games of the month. And those are digital only. So you just like download, you know, Fall Guys was free. Yeah. So, you know, I so um, not a lot, man. I've been trying to collect certain retro titles, which are obviously going to be in cases. Like I really love GameCube games. Like, I don't know. GameCube is one of my favorite systems for some reason. Uh, there's a lot of reasons, okay? But we're not going to get into that, all right? Um, <laughs> unless you guys want to. But uh, yeah, so just like uh, some retro titles. But current gen stuff, dude? Nah, man, not a lot, unfortunately. So I'm a hypocrite. Hey, that's, up? You just I called me out, bro. I'm a hypocrite. Nah, I think that's <laughs> where the subscription model kind of plays an effect, right? Um, yeah. I'm not sure how you guys are with your other subscriptions. But at least for me, it, it's so... It seems so non-impactful, you know, $5, $7 a month. And you see it with Netflix and other companies where, okay, they get a price like maybe a dollar, $2. And then eventually it's like $14 a month. Um, but you're still, it's not really impacting you, at mm -hmm. least in your bank account, depending on how you are as a uh, financial status. So, I mean, comparative to like, say two games a month or two games a year so far, or maybe if like you're getting cheaper games, like $14 a month, I mean, it could be depending on the service, it could be only two months worth of 
uh, the game pass and then you still have another 10 months to go to get charged over and so mm. um like two games like if they're full price that's gonna 60 to 120 dollars uh, depending on the game pass i mean we buy dollars for 12 months so 60 dollars right there so at least pays off one of the games i feel like over time with people forgetting people not really kind of paying attention to it or kind of like, it's, it's really good to have it like as a supplementary uh style of getting your games you know you get the games you want to get and then the games you're not sure about okay i'll try them out on the game mm -hmm. pass subscription um usually i see for a lot of subscription-based models uh people kind of like let them go by i do a lot with uh say crunchyroll or funimation netflix i'm not i'm not always constantly watching stuff but i'm still have it on my account still have it active it's kind of like a gym membership at times where I'm like, I'm going all the time, but I'm still paying it every month for it. Gosh, damn it. Um, Bro, but, yeah. why? That is the reason I don't have Netflix or Hulu or any of that. <laughs> you don't? Nope. I've no. got none of them. Mm -hmm. Right. That's impressive these days. Honestly, <laughs> it really is. But like, here's my thing, guys. Why hasn't anybody come up with like a digital rental service? Like, why can't I go on Steam and go, can I try this game for three, seven, 30 days and rent the game digitally? And almost like Game Pass, where I have access to the game as long as I rent it. Because you can rent movies on demand. You can do things like that. Why can't I rent games digitally, try them out, and if I like them, then I'll buy it? Because that's my thing right now. When you were asking me, man, about like buying physical games... It's because nowadays, instead of buying one full price game, unless I'm like super hyped for it, the last one that I did was Ghost of Tsushima. Mm -hmm. and, 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 but before that, I usually just look for deals. I'm like a bargain gamer. So like the Game Pass is like talking to me because for $60, I could get two $30 games that are on sale that I've been wanting to get. Or I could get, you know, freaking, you know, you could break it down. And I'm trying to get the most, more, you know, most uh, for my money. But also, I'm trying to stay away from making that impulse buy of going, oh my gosh, like all the reviews and all my friends are talking about this game. Oh, I got to check it out. Oh, it's $59.99, but I'm just hearing about it. I'm not really sure yet if I'm going to enjoy it. Wouldn't it been like a really cool service if you could start just trying them out? Like it's almost like a beta demo or something that you could you could just, you know, do for a couple days and pay different prices if you needed to for longer you know, a lot of times because I miss renting games like I grew up not owning a lot of games. I was usually renting them like the summer I got my Nintendo GameCube. Uh, it was like in the sixth grade, I think. And it, Blockbuster had this thing where pretty much you could just like rent two games at a time. And as long as you brought one back, you could rent out another one. So I went through like the GameCube library. But I think that's what like created this video game ADD that I have now like I can get really into a game but then the next day I'm like all right I want to get really into this game <laughs> you know because I wasn't I wasn't used to finishing the games because I only had them for three maybe if you're lucky at some locations five days but that service allowed me to like check out two games at a time for like it's almost like Gamefly for 30 days um you know so what's up Vex uh, or what <laughs> I was I was gonna say for for that, it's again it breaks down to profit margins. Because what happened to GameFly? 
I mean, I, I, th I think it technically still exists, but like, I don't know anyone that uses it. Exactly right. It's not like in your front mind. Oh yeah, GameFly. I've seen a commercial about that, or I've seen people try it out, or YouTube video saying like, oh, well, I tested this out. Yeah. Um, and part of that, like, initially it was DRM. Hmm where you had to have like the specific code to activate the game. Oh. And that that's where the hesitation comes from for a game's rental service. And then you also have to consider what happens to profit margins then. Do companies want to encourage something like that? Because with movies, there's not much of a loss of profit. Because you don't have to patch a movie. You don't have to do updates to a movie. So once the Ooh, movie's out, that's a really good point. There's there's no question about well, did they do an update to the Avengers? Do I really want to <laughs> buy it now before they've done that? No, you don't have to worry about that because if you get the DVD or if you rent the DVD or whatever, you know, or you rent it on Amazon for a week, you have all the content. There's never going to be any changes to it. No one's working on it anymore unless they're making the next movie and then you'll worry about that then. But with a game, there's always changes and updates happening or the company just falls off the face of the earth. So <laughs> doing doing a rental service for that, there's no, there's no guarantees then. Because what if you rent the game during a time where there's a game-breaking bug? Ooh, that's true. And then you don't care about it anymore, but you know, a month <laughs> later they patched it. Are you gonna want to rent it again? Probably not. Man, so that's, that's I didn't think about it like that, honestly, dude. I I don't know, like I I, I still like I'm, maybe it's just my nostalgia for renting, you know, like walking down the aisles and being able to have the freedom for a, a reasonable price to just be curious. You know, now you have to like really you know watch reviews check scores double check make sure look into it like check youtube videos and go okay now i'm confident <laughs> you know like i want to i want i want to buy this game and that that is hell that's another argument for game pass Ooh, because here's the thing game pass counts as both your xbox live subscription or it can you can actually have it set up so if you have an xbox and you want to get Game Pass, you can have Game Pass being for Game Pass and for your Xbox Live. Two in one. Uh, and I think it actually gives you a discount basically on both things. Wow. But I can play these games. I can download them. And if I don't care for them, I can delete them. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. All right. I played it. Uh, <laughs> not quite for me. Yeah. Delete. Done. You know, I've... I have... How many games am I looking at now? I have 484 games in my Steam library. Wow, flex control. Just go ahead and flex on all I, of us. I'm not even trying to flex because <laughs> I probably never played and um, I got it either as a bundle during like a, a Steam summer sale. Like, oh yeah, get this. You get 10 games. Oh, sweet. Yeah, totally got to do that because it's on sale. <laughs> I played two of them because those were the two I cared about out of the <laughs> But with Game Pass, I'm looking at let's see eight games right now three of them i play regularly like i played sea of thieves for a really long time but if i delete them 
Like, if I get rid of them, I can always re-download them later. True. But it's not skin off my nose. It's not like I, I paid for these games. It's just included with Game Pass. So I could, I could download it, play it for 10 minutes, delete it, and not feel a thing. Well, I shouldn't say not feel a thing. <laughs> that just sounds like, I just don't even care about this game. But if it, if it wasn't a game that I enjoyed, I'd just be like, you know what? Not for me. Yeah. Yeah. And no. it's no skin off my nose. No, you have an excellent point, man. And that's what's really like working for like services like that, man. Is it like it, it almost pays for itself in so many different ways, not only just money, but like for an experience in total. Like there's less stress in, in making a commitment to something like that, investing that much money into it. Um, but like like Vex, what was the last game that you remember just like taking a chance on? not really being sure and then being completely like blown away like oh my gosh like <laughs> uh, most recently it probably had to be life is strange yes uh, a new title um but it's been a minute i know there's been a couple of games where i'm like oh, okay i'll try it out like, oh my god this is amazing <laughs> uh, strange was pretty good um you know when it came out in the first year or two i'm like ah oh, go boy cringy stuff <laughs> <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a teenage girl inside. For that. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it's a good um, story. Yeah, it's fun. It, it and not knowing anything about it and kind of playing other games like Telltale's, um, you know, Walking Dead games, anything like that. Mm-hmm. You kind of get like a, a straightforward presentation. You know what you're kind of getting yourself into. But like a new IP, like Life is Strange. Um, you know, I don't know. It's gonna be about like time travel and other kind of like supernatural stuff in it. So I was like, oh, well, maybe it's a little bit more interesting than I thought. Yeah, man, I love going into things blind, dude. I mean, but there's like that's what I'm talking about with taking a chance on things because it's my my process is this. I don't know much about game. Friends talk about games, see a lot of fun stuff on Twitter and YouTube and every Twitch, whatever. And I'm like, okay, wasn't aware of this. Let me check it out. Um, but like in order to like go into it blind, it's hard if you're doing all this research or watching other people play or doing all this stuff, um, which I mean, sometimes doesn't even matter, man. Like, you know, p- the people like Control who, who, you know, you said that it, you can still enjoy something even if you have some kind of idea what's going to happen or what might take place um but there's like i've just noticeably with certain experiences felt like that different hit you know like i spoiled star wars the last movie for myself the night before actually i went i looked it up online i was like i'm just gonna go ahead and get this over with right now um so that i'm not disappointment out of the way yeah so i'm not in the theater just like dang it palpatine what Ah! <laughs> and all Spoilers, this stuff. bro. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, but uh, uh, oh my god, yeah, no, yeah. I, I haven't even seen that movie, and I already know the entire plot synopsis. Oh my gosh, you haven't seen it yet, Control? No, no, bro, I didn't want to see. You it. gotta sit down and watch it. Have I you seen it, Vex? I'm not putting um, myself through that. <laughs> you got to, bro. You yeah. were uh, watching it, and I think what's the one with Palpatine in it? What's it called? Oh, uh, like, um, well, like, uh, the last Jedi? No. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Last Jedi. What was, the, what was the first one right before Rogue One? Ooh. Uh, Force Awakens? Force Awakens. You had Rogue One. Then what was the second one? 
Uh, oh, The Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, Han Solo. Um, so was there one before that Palpatine movie? Oh, Return of the Jedi. I never watched that. I just watched the last one. Oh. <laughs> and I, I was really <laughs> okay, so you, you saw you saw episode... Nine. N- uh, nine. Yeah. You saw nine and seven, That's it. but you didn't see yep. eight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean... You, you didn't miss much. It mm. was like, we, you know what? Wonder we we discussed. We Star we Wars talked and, about this. I was about to <laughs> we, say <laughs> we went to we went into length about Star oh, Wars. Man. That's a whole nother topic. Uh, I, I would if we would have started out with Star Wars, we could have totally went there. I would have been okay with that. I just Ooh. it would open up a can of worms that I think at this point in the episode would just be. Uh, another two and a half hour plus or something crazy like that. Cause I'm reading like the, uh, or listening to as well, the uh, Timothy Zahn trilogy, uh, heir to the empire, which is like quote unquote, the original expanded universe sequels that we were going to get, I guess, technically in some kind of fashion. And there's so much better. And it just makes me just wish that we had that more than what we have from Disney, but that's a whole nother thing. I just wanted to like put that out there for the world. Uh, you can at me if you'd like on Twitter and we can have the debate there. <laughs> that's cool. I'm all about it. You know, I've liked Star Wars most of my life, if not all of it. Um, and, uh, you know, as a fan of anything, you know, you can have your your opinions and that's just what it is. So anyways, look, we're going to probably wrap it up here because we've been going for a little over an hour and a half. And um, dude, uh, this was wonderful. Thank you guys. Three more hours of content to discuss, though. What? With three? What? <laughs> well, <laughs> stick around for the deluxe edition. We um, haven't even gotten to the main topic you brought up to me. Collectors too. Oh, the collectors edition. Yes. What? What main topic? Control. Open world games. I know, bro. I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, we can keep going. I'm cool. Like, I mean, it's up to you guys. I'm here. I'm, 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 I'm with it, man. I just. Uh, we kind of like touched on what I wanted to do with that sort of really lightly. But I mean, if you guys have a few more minutes, we can, we can round it out with that just real quickly. Um, I, I was just teasing, man. This is, Oh, remember, this is your video. Oh, I was just oh, teasing you about it. We can, oh. we can, we can, we can totally set up a, a specific episode. Okay. Only on that we'll, we'll do that. And we'll, and we'll, and we'll get Sedge. We'll get some other, you know, we'll have everybody here. Vex dude. If you would love to ever come back on, dude, I would love to have you on, man. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. It, yeah. So let me know, and I'm more than willing to come down, especially if it's like later in the night. Heck like yeah, times again, I'd be perfect. Yeah, Night Owl Gang, dude. We're all here, man. Never sleep. Um, yeah. What's so, sleep? what is it? Uh, sleep when I die. Um, so, yeah, man. We'll we'll definitely open up with uh, that topic sometime because I, I think it would be really fun to get into. But we did kind of touch on what I wanted to, as far as like. You know, just talking about gaming in general and um, just having our different opinions about the future of gaming and just, you know, just kicking back. And I really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your weekend and out of your night to uh, be on the show, man. But uh, before we wrap up and end the uh, end the show, uh, did you guys want to tell people who are listening how they can check out your content and what you do? Um, I'm going to leave the descriptions for each of them in the episode description below, but I just want to give you guys a moment to plug yourselves and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. So whoever wants to go first, Vex, you want to go first? Sure. I'll go first. Um, I'm not really on YouTube yet, so I'll just plug in my Twitch handle. Uh, it's just my name, Vextifer, V-E-X-T-I-P-H-E-R. 
Uh, you can just type it in Twitch and you can find me there. And of course, Wonder said he'll have it in the description wherever he has it. Eight. All right, Control. What about you, my friend? I am a little bit all over the place. Uh, the easiest way to find me is on Twitch. Controlfreak.tv. Uh, that would be C-T-R-L-F-R-3-4-K. I almost forgot how to spell that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, but no, I also, uh, when I remember to, post up on Facebook on a page, facebook.com slash review. Uh, it has been a hot minute since I've been on there. I really need like an editor or someone to just kick me in the ass like once a week <laughs> to actually post up. Um, you can find me on our buddy podcast over at Gaming Casual where we post up supposed to be every Thursday. <laughs> but, but sometimes we get a little delayed um <laughs> but we do put out weekly episodes over there and then for youtube you can find me at uh actually because i have an old channel and then i have my current channel uh my current channel is mr control freak all right on youtube um Another thing that I just need someone to kick me in the butt to uh, get back into doing. <laughs> editing is hard, man. It like, is, man. It's time consuming. Video editing. Oh, you're sitting dude. there, it's like, shit, that's like a five minute just gap of silence. But if I take it out, there's like a lot of story elements and interesting <laughs> stuff in the world that doesn't get seen. So do I take it out or leave it in? Dude, it's hella so. tricky, man. <laughs> it, it really gives you a whole new respect for people who can take the time and put in the energy to do that. And I, dude, I'm I'm ready to see your guys' YouTube content. I know uh, Vex was just talking about doing some. And dude, I would love to see something from you control both you guys. I mean, so whenever you guys do do that, please let me know because I enjoy your streams. I enjoy your guys' opinion, conversations. Uh, and content that you guys put out there, man. And I really do appreciate both of you guys, like I said, for being on the show. I would love to have you guys back on at any time you are, you know, you have time or willing to jump on, just hit me up. We'll make this happen again, man. And I uh, just wanted to say thank you. And everybody who's listening, thank you for listening, obviously, to this episode. And also, please check out these guys. Uh, check out the episode description to see how you can connect with them and support them in their content. And uh, until the next episode, I hope you guys are doing good. Take care, and we will talk to you guys later. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Wonder Soul. Connect with the podcast through social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Search Wonder Soul. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, and review. You can find us on YouTube and Twitch. We appreciate your support. Wondersoul hopes you have yourself a good day.